This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You are listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 735, Changes. Today's sponsor is Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2021. That's bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2021. Nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. We're also sponsored by Amazon Music Unlimited. Check them out at getamazonmusic.com slash allthingsas, where they have over 70 million songs across all different styles. Again, that's getamazonmusic.com slash allthingsas to get your free trial today. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azeroth. Now we present your awesome hosts, the always stalwart and honorable Maedros, the commander of the fell and master of demons, Death, the non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty, and the high priestess of the Everlight, Owie. She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the world of Warcraft. This is All Things Azeroth. And welcome back to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Medros. And with me, I have Toasty. Hey, Toasty, how you doing, bud? I'm doing better than a large percentage of the country is probably doing right now, especially the percentage of the country that are hockey fans. Uh, especially those who are fans of a particular red, or, uh, white and blue team. Yes. Yep. Uh, yep. Definitely yeah, yeah. not having a good night or a no. good week or a good month. They're not doing well. Nope. But but our 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 co-host Ali is is having a great month and, and great several weeks. Yeah, and she's and she's resort, she's rewarding herself with a night off tonight. Yep. She her, her team was her team was doing so well she felt that she could take a night off. That that's interesting math, but we're happy that she can take some time for herself and and uh, get healthy, just like the Olympic Jets are. But don't worry, everybody. It's not just the two of us. We have somebody wonderful filling Ellie's shoes. How you doing, Jared? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No problem. We're glad we could have you here. Uh, I feel I feel like the odd one out, not knowing a uh, a, a speck of anything. Uh, <laughs> related to hockey, I think there was a town nearby me growing up that they tried to start a hockey team at, at one point, and I went to like a game or two, and uh, that—that's the extent of extent of exposure that I, that I have to the sport. <laughs> so you count Ali as a friend, and you don't know hockey. I, I, just, I can't even count. <laughs> It's okay. We have Warcraft to bond over. It's fine. That that's a fair point, right there. You, you do indeed. So, uh, yeah, uh, Ali, uh, Ali's taking the night off. Uh, we we hope she comes back next week, uh, much rested, and uh, we uh, will have some fun, fun hockey time. Let's uh, let's talk about our weeks and while. Toasty, how is your week and while? Did you guys do any rating this week at all? Uh, we didn't do any raiding last week. Um, combination of, um, like, 
our tanks being away like one tank just took the week off which was understandable like everybody needs time off the other tank had some house stuff come up that made it so that she couldn't stay at the house which was less than ideal but you know what we weren't worried about it we weren't worried about taking a week off rating you know why we weren't worried because we finally got ahead of the curve denathrius is dead much much celebration happened it was it was glorious and in true toasty rating tradition i failed to yield any loot from that unless you count anima <laughs> so what you're telling me is that uh our good friend will would be proud yes the the curse that will siler has bequeathed onto me lives on all right, then. You know, sometimes tradition can't be ignored. No. Uh, outside of the rating thing, though, we did we did get up to a bunch of other stuff. Like, we did we did a couple nights of just Mythic Plus, which was a lot of fun. I, I haven't had a chance to really dive into Mythic Plus as much as I would have liked to. Uh, so I started getting into that on a, a, when we uh, took the raid nights off and had a lot of fun with that. Timed... Um, what was it? Time to uh, nine and an eleven. I want to say. Can't remember which dungeons now. Oh, uh, one was the other side. No, we didn't time the other side because I'm terrible, and I didn't because I, I, I have I've only done the other side once. Um, on the last boss, I forgot to click the totem thing after I killed uh Muzala, the 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 Muzala shade on the platform. So yeah sucked and that kind of screwed us over on that but we we ran out of time long before that so i wasn't too i wasn't feeling too beat up about that um and then we decided to go farm some old mythic raids for the for the mythic specific mounts uh we got none of them but you know what it was just a night of hanging out with the guildies it was nice and relaxed and all that other stuff and on the last night we did this which was on saturday I decided, you know what, I'm going to go do Firelands real quick. I don't feel like going to bed just yet. I need to get to the mount off of Alice Resort. So I go through the entire thing, kill it, and just absentmindedly loot everything. And then somebody mentioned in guild chat that they saw that I had picked up the mount. Like, what? Sure enough, it was there. And yeah, I'm very happy about that. So now I have the purple recolor of that and the orange recolor. I don't have the original Anzu yet, though. I should probably work on that at some point. Finding surprise mounts in your bag is always a good thing. I know, right? And and the, so and it kind of falls in line with the way I get that model of mount. Uh, when I got the Void Talon, like I wasn't farming for it or anything. I wasn't camping the portal spawns or whatever. I was on my way to raid it and um, Heimel, not Heimel. Oh yeah, there was Heimel, right? I think I don't remember off the top of my head. The ogre raid in Warlords. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Then it would be Heimel. Yeah. So I was just on my way there. I'm like, what's this purple por portal on the on the side of the path? And then I clicked it. And I clicked on it. And it brought me to the thing, and I killed it, and I got him out. Didn't know that. I didn't know that 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 was a thing at that point. That was a nice surprise. Um, so yeah, got all that stuff. It's a mythic plus. It was good times. 
How about you guys? What did you get up to? Well, uh, I didn't do any raiding uh, with my with my guild this week. Uh, get your crit together over on Bleeding Hollow. Uh, but I did attempt to do some raid testing on the Sylvanas fight. And I say I attempted uh, because I showed up exactly at the time that the raid test was supposed to start, which was a, a huge mistake because <laughs> all the teams had already formed prior to that. And I showed up trying to get into into a team to to try and and uh, and, and test Sylvanas on the PTR. And that did not did not happen. But uh, oh. but other than that. Uh, my week has mostly been spent in classic, trying to do some last-minute preparation for Burning Crusade. And how, how how's that been going? Pretty surprisingly well, actually. Like I already had two level sixties uh, prior to pre-patch, uh, so I didn't have to like scramble to level a character up. Uh, I have started a Draenei Shaman. Uh, and then I boosted a uh, a druid up to to 58 with the the dark portal pass, uh, just to use as a character to farm farm mats really easily. Uh, once we get into into Outland, so I've I've been doing some prepping on that character in particular by leveling up mining and skinning so I can have it ready to go, uh, and then just kind of going through the <laughs> my all, all of my characters banks and pulling out all of the materials that I was hoarding just in case I decided to level like engineering or something uh, and sold all those materials so that I'd have a little bit of, of gold going into the into the expansion. Yeah, gold is um gold is significantly more important during that era of WoW. So get all of it while you can. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I'm up to like 350 gold, which I haven't played too much in classic. Like I, I played on my paladin uh, to a point where I, I cleared through Blackwing Lair and uh, uh, got the four piece of the judgment set and uh, kind of stopped after after that because the the raid team was uh, not necessarily a great fit, but. Uh, but yeah, it it was just taking up a lot of time, and and you know with Shadowlands looming, I, I needed to put more time into that. So, um, so yeah, I didn't didn't get through all of the raids in Classic. I would have liked to, but I'm not really that upset <laughs> for, for not having gotten through all of them. But uh, but yeah, nice. You're gonna have a busy week ahead of you. Well, you know with all all the all the. All the stuff is happening in that in that realm of well. Yeah, yeah. We the dark portal opens up at six uh, six Eastern tomorrow as as of the recording. So there's going to be quite a lot to do tomorrow. Well, cool. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing all everybody going through Burning Crusade Classic and all that. There's clearly a lot of people very excited about it, and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna enjoy living through their perspective because like i just don't have time to play that i would like to yeah but be between between retail obligations and you know this show <laughs> don't have don't have a lot of time although 
when when Wrath of the Lich King Classic becomes a thing, I will definitely make time for that. That's when I started playing. Yeah, yeah. It's I've I've had a lot of people uh, tell me that they they would absolutely love to to put the time into Burning Crusade Classic, but they've already done it. <laughs> and they 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 did all the grinds, they did all the raids, they they you know experienced all of it, and they you know as much as they would like to to go back, it like time is is a very real constraint on the playing of video games, especially I, for the people I feel like who would be more drawn to that. I mean, all it's going to be the people who are like nostalgic about it and all that. And let's face it, those people are going to be a lot older now. I mean, hell. When I started playing in Wrath of the Lich King, it was in 2009. That, that was 12 years ago. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started playing a couple of months before pre-patch of Wrath of the Lich King. So I didn't get to experience Burning Crusade in its entirety. Although I did technically start playing during it. Um, like Wrath is when things kind of really took off for me. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a unique experience in that it's the last full expansion experience that I don't have under my belt as a as a Warcraft player. So that's that's like the the big excitement that I have around it. Um, and of course, if they continue on with Wrath of the Lich King Classic, uh, I will also be overjoyed to to jump in. That's awesome, uh, Medros. What did you get up to in the past couple of weeks since we've had a show? Uh, caught a lot of shinies uh, in Pokemon Go and um, did a lot of house cleaning and, and moved the grass for the first time. Uh, moved a, a tree branch that fell last year off the apple tree in the backyard. Um, Doesn't sound like a lot of while, though. <laughs> well, I mean... No, it does not. Uh, I I have gotten a few more of the pet charms, not as many as I would have liked, but uh, slowly working my way to it. Um, I, I there has to be like something that is done to unlock those missions because I have checked daily on every character I have that could do that. Every character I leveled through Legion, and only my main has those quests. Uh, so there must be something he did that nobody else did that has opened those quests up to him. Uh, which is very frustrating because I was kind of hoping like, oh, if I have multiple characters working on it, the process goes faster. Much like it's going in, uh, in getting up the, uh, the new pet charms we have. But yeah, no, I, I've just been one, one character doing all of it and getting one, getting a quest about every couple days. So I mean, it's it's could be worse, I guess. Could be worse. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to uh, to eventually get there. It just took me a lot longer than I had hoped. So. Cool. Well, all that being said, let's talk about our first sponsor. So our new sponsor are the great folks over at Amazon Music Unlimited. You can check them out at getamazonmusic.com slash all things AZ, where they have over 70 million songs, thousands of playlists and artists, including our artists this week, Glass Animals and Ian Dior. Um, this week, it's, we're going to be continuing with our like chill summer, not even chill summer, just like summer summer music kind of vibe. 
And I want you guys to check out Heat Waves by Glass Animals and Ian Dior. It's off the Dreamland album by Glass Animals. I don't know. It's just it's like an indie rocky kind of thing that fits the chill summer vibe. And I really enjoy it. If you want to check them out or any uh, or any of the other artists on, on Amazon Music, you can go to getamazonmusic.com slash allthingsaz. And we want to thank Amazon Music for their support of the show. All right. So this month in WoW, because, you know, June starts tomorrow. It's June already. Jeez. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so first things first. We already mentioned it. We already we've already mentioned this, but in case you missed that somehow, Burning Crusade Classic launches this week. By the time you listen to this on the download, it'll have been live for a couple days, but it launched on June first. So all you BC Classic folks, rejoice! Back over in back over in the retail world, we've got um, Torghast on Bridal Darkness that starts on the first of June and runs until the seventh. We've also got the arena the arena skirmish event running from the first to the eighth. After that, we've got the Thousand Boat Dash over in Thousand Needles, running from the 6th to the 8th. And then Dark Moon Fair is going from the 6th to the 12th. From the 8th to the 14th, we've got PvP Brawl Warsong Scramble, along with the World Quest bonus event. And I'll pick that up if I decide to do the quests, Medros. Um, we've also got the Mists of Pandaria Time Walking event that goes from the 15th to the 21st. And of course, with June comes the Midsummer Festival that runs from the 21st of June to the 5th of July. And then we've got Battleground Bonus Event and the PvP Brawl Cooking Impossible running from the 22nd to the 28th. And to cap off the month, we've got Torghast, Beasts of Prodigum, and the Shadowlands Dungeon Event running from the 29th of June till the 5th of July. And that's what's coming up this month in WoW. Which, yay! Great! Lots of stuff coming up. You know what's not coming up, guys? Hmm. BlizzCon. 36,000 people gathering in a convention center in Anaheim, California, and giving you a real scope. Yeah. So, I'm sure it's not a surprise to anybody, really. I feel like a lot of people expected this announcement to come, but there will be no BlizzCon 2021. Um, in the in the statement released by Blizzard, um, Planning would have had to have begun months ago, and, you know, it was just not safe for them to gather and plan that stuff out. And you would take months more, like, weeks more ahead of the event to, to get everything prepared, and realistically, they just could not do it safely. So, no BlizzCon this year. Hopefully, we'll be able to return to Anaheim and gather as a bunch of nerds in 2022. But if you still want some of that Blizzard goodness when it comes to community events and whatnot, uh, you can look forward to a similar event to BlizzCon Line held in early 2022 with the potential for small in-person gatherings uh, to happen in select major cities, which is pretty cool. I, for one, think if they're going to do one in Canada, they should ha hold it logically in the center of the country, which is... I agree. I agree. In fact, I am willing to pl help plan that uh, an event in Winnipeg, and and you know I'll work with Blizzard to make that event happen. Well, there you go, Blizz. You got a volunteer already. Just go ahead and have it in Winnipeg. Wi Winnipeg in February. What could possibly go wrong with that? Totally nothing could go wrong. Yeah. 
only going to be like minus 40 before the wind chill. It'll be fine, probably. Yeah, totally. Totally fine. No problems. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of small events they're going to have or whatnot. I think that that could be pretty cool. I, it, I don't think it, it won't be the same, but at least it's something. Yeah. Uh, Maddie says, why do I feel a great deal of bias here? And uh, Erlina says, truly a blizzard con. Yeah. I mean, we've only had like five blizzards in my memory in February. Only five. Uh, personally, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say personally, I, I took the the potential for small in in person gatherings to be uh, like small small gathering events that are held kind of throughout the year, uh, rather than having uh, having them like centered around like a big thing. Like I, I feel like having. Uh, like they'll they'll probably do like major city uh, gatherings around whatever whatever they end up doing in early 2022, um, but I feel like also like expanding to other other things outside of that, like having um, maybe if they continue on with doing the Great Push or further MDI events, having uh, having some some other things going on uh, outside of outside of BlizzCon uh, stuff that we would normally see at BlizzCon like uh, uh, maybe not to the extent of like Overwatch League stuff uh, like with with the big stadiums and everything but uh, but yeah having having some other events planned throughout the year I think could be a good thing uh, but I could be completely and totally wrong on that too I mean, having an esports thing would be really cool. I mean, there's you see, you, you, yeah. Over the past couple of years, we've been seeing a lot of like esports venues popping up around the world. And, you know, I think, I think there's, I'm pretty sure there's one in Vancouver, there's one in Toronto for sure. So having events, having small esports, having small Blizzard esports events would be a great way, another great way to like gather as a Blizzard community. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. And and we could convince all of our friends from Toronto and Vancouver to travel to Winnipeg and you know party in Winnipeg for BlizzCon. You can't convince Winnipeggers to come to Winnipeg. <laughs> That's beyond the point. Don't be such a downer, man. Jeez. And don't tell. Don't talk that too, say that too loud, man. He's in the chair. He might not. He might hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's all we have to say on BlizzCon 2022, 21, whatever. Uh, do you guys have anything else? Uh, numbers are hard. Yeah, time is irrelevant and not real and all that good stuff. I just want to say that I'll be happy to have BlizzCons and events when they are able to happen again. Uh, safety is the is the priority and it's it's very clear by blizzard you know saying that they're you know not going to hold a blizzcon for a second year in a row um which is which is a huge event for them like they they have you know stock increases like dramatic stock increases after every blizzcon and uh, so for them to miss out on on blizzcon two years in a row that's 
you know, that's not that's not a decision that's taken lightly, uh, especially, you know, with with the news of uh, like other big conventions that are going to be held. Like, I mean, VidCon, uh, which is a, a convention that's normally held during the summers at the Anaheim Convention Center, they booked the weekend prior to what traditionally would be BlizzCon weekend. Um, and I saw that and looked at it and said, okay, well, if, they, if they're doing it, like, surely someone at Blizzard is looking at that and saying, okay, well, we probably could. Um, so, and they, they very well could have had a BlizzCon this year. Um, but I, I think it, it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of control uh, to, to be able to, to take a step back and say, no, the the safety of of you know our fan base of of the 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 people that work the events um are are more valuable to us and and personally i applaud them for that absolutely and then you know and realistically like the the vaccine rollout isn't going as smoothly in other places as it has as it is in places like the us right and yeah just keeping all these people from around the world safe and preventing some super spreader event. And like, that's, that's in everybody's best interest. So good for them for just kiboshing it. For sure. Yeah. It's a responsibility to do. Uh, I do understand other conventions are going forward, but I just, I don't feel like it's something that, the blizzard should be perpetuating as a, a safe thing to do because uh, it's not safe. Uh, and I commend blizzard for being willing to uh, stand by protecting their fans. Um, that's a good, it's a good company to do that. Even if they have a, lo- a few flaws. Yeah. Speaking of those flaws, um, there's an article put out by IGN. That I think it was last week. Medros, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? So, how, how to how to start this? Um, we know that that Blizzard's had some issues. Uh, we know that there have been questions for a long time. Um, starting with. The purchase or merger, whatever you want to call it, with Activision to the departure of various very notable and well-known figures in the Blizzard's history. Mike Morheim, Chris Metzen, most recently Jeff Kaplan. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of questions people have had. Uh, over the last little while about, you know, decisions that Blizzard's made, uh, decisions that Activision's made, and the impact those have had on the player base and the the games we've gotten uh, out of this company. And uh, every time a decision comes along that is stated as a negative or seen as negative by the player base, the instinctual response by most players, or a lot of players, or a portion of the player base at least, is, oh, Activision's at it again. They're messing with Blizzard. 
this article is uh, if Blizzard had a gut, this would be a knife to it. Um, this is basically outlining in very detailed and unmistakable ways uh, the issues that are present at Blizzard Entertainment. Um, there are there's no way around facing some of these issues, and um, the reporting in this article is is in depth. Like this is a, a special report from IGN. It lives up to his name. Um, I am a little saddened uh, at some of the stuff that I'm reading, and, and more sad, I think, to me that I think much of it is true, and I don't want it to be. However, sometimes in order to save something you love, you got to admit there's got there's problems. With it. We. We've talked on the just we've talked on the show all the time, you know. Okay, so the natural instinct we have is to vote with our wallets. Uh, don't give the company money and, and and make it learn its lessons by not having the money that you would normally give them. We've talked about this many times about the, the logic of that and the the thing behind that kind of a of a, of a play. And we've talked many times about the result of that kind of a decision. Um, yes, it, it hurts Blizzard, but it also probably ends up getting some of our friends laid off. Or people we know and respect in the community laid off. Uh, so it, it's a hard call as players who consider people friends and have seen friends uh, who we've met at BlizzCons and... Uh, talked to online and read articles from for years. Uh, it 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 can have very negative consequences for those people, uh, and it becomes a question of: Do you support your friends, or do you boycott the company? Because unfortunately, companies don't tend to understand that when profits decrease, it's the management that's the problem not the staff um, and they are often unwilling to take those steps needed to fix the problems that they have so reading about the problems at Blizzard uh, the changes at Blizzard's uh, headquarters and throughout the company across continents the notable names that have left for one reason or another. And, and just finally seeing the whole scope of it. Uh, I think some people are like, oh yeah, Chris Messon left like a while back and Mike Morheim left a while back. And oh, now Jeff Kaplan is leaving. Like people don't always like see those in the right context of this is, this is kind of a bleed of your top talent. Um, like to me, the first big name I recall leaving and and seeing headlines about it was Gross Crawler. And then Metzen took time and he stepped away because he was having issues and 
totally stand by his decision on that one, 110%. But it, it's compounding on itself, it feels like. And, you know, some people were leaving for existing companies, like Ghost Carla left for Riot. But some are leaving to form, form their own companies. Um, Warchief Gaming, co-founded by Chris Metzen. Uh, Second Dinner was founded by Ben Brode, um, who was one of the, the major players behind getting Hearthstone off the ground uh, and was the voice of Hearthstone for so, so many years in, in its um, in its founda- founding. And, and, like, when I heard Ben Brode... It, the, the instinctual thing in my head was, oh, it's Hearthstone. Yeah, when you say he was the voice, no, he was literally the voice. <laughs> yeah. Like, he did the intros at BlizzCon for several years, and, like, he was... He's got an amazing voice. I mean, Ben Brode could do voiceover work. Yeah, he has... He's got a presence that is not unnoticeable. Yes. Um, still very happy I have a clip of him talking about our show and our network. Uh, Toasty, you should insert that here. Just, just thought. Hey, this is Ben Brode, technical game designer on Hearthstone, and you are listening to the Dawn Forge Network. <laughs> Anyways, um, kind of going, you know, take a break from that, like, that, that, that lightheartedness. I mean, like, there's... There's so many things that when you look at them individually, they're not a huge deal. But if you look at them in a scope of things, um, it becomes a lot more concerning. And color me concerned. Didn't didn't recognize the the, the scope of everything and like. Right now, I would say that the most veteran person in Blizzard is the current president. I can't think of anybody else that has the um, the presence in the company and the name recognition of a Metzen, a Morhai, maybe Samwise Didier, maybe. But I, I would say that many fans of Blizzard probably wouldn't even know the name where he's currently working in the in the company. And I think that's currently Overwatch 2. Is he? But I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I, I, I thought I saw him tweeting about tweeting about some stuff he's doing for Overwatch 2. But that's the thing, like we I, I remember I think it was I think it was about nine months ago, Toasty, we were ca- talking and none of us were even sure he was even in the company anymore. So that tells me that if if one of the most recognizable names in your company is somebody people don't even know if you're in your company anymore, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Um, Mike Moraheim had name recognition because he was the founder of the company with two other guys who some people couldn't even name. But he stayed around for the entire time. They didn't. They, were, they went off and did other stuff here and there. Um, Jalen Brack is known because he's the president of the company. 
Um, I don't know much of what he was doing before that. He he was known, like, we would hear from him, he would do some, some intros and stuff and announce some stuff at BlizzCon here and there, but he wasn't a figure of the co- in the company. I mean, he, he was memed to death. You think mm-hmm. you he was memed to death. You think you want it, but you don't. Yeah, yes, that was that guy. <laughs> that and guy. the fact that they had him announce the vanilla, vanilla, vanilla ice cream thing, what a year, maybe two years later, I, I found that a little, you know, justice for for those people who enjoyed that uh, moment. But I mean, I, I never really cared, so that, that's just me. But. Uh, um, but it's the point of, like, who's still left now that has the presence of those people? And and um, Manny actually brings up an interesting point in chat, and I, I, I wanted to bring this up, too, actually. I, I think you, you said that it was a problem that we didn't that we didn't even know where Samwise was anymore, but I think that's a problem that's unique to Blizzard because they're those old the, the old guard was just so forward and out there already and um you know you can look at other companies and you might be able to name one or two people uh, at bioware or whatever just because you know they're the lead producer for the game you're playing but like seniors seniors like other senior staff you might not be able to name them and and like art people, story people, you might not be able to name all those people for other companies. It's, it's a problem unique to True. Blizzard. And I, that may also, to some degree, be the fact that we might follow this company just a little more closely than others do game companies behind the... Like, I don't know who is the game producer of Star Wars The Republic. But I also don't follow that game. And those people weren't, like, the names behind the articles. It was just, oh, this is an article about this thing. Doesn't matter who wrote it. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, this is definitely, at least to some degree, a very uniquely Blizzard problem. Yeah. The only other game that I I can tell you a, a producer's name is Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, Yoshida... Uh, Naoki, like that's that's literally the only other game that I can tell you a producer. Uh, and then the uh, the like lead uh, local localization person, Koji Fox, but like I could not tell you a single other name from like a, a big development company, like like Square Enix or or Blizzard. Yeah, and 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 this problem, this thing where you know we were familiar with all these names previously, and now we see them leaving, that probably has something to do with the like, like this. Oh my god, the sky is falling mentality that some people seem to have in regards to this. Like it's it's names we've been familiar with for ten plus years, and now they're gone. Yeah, I like the the fact that there are names that we've been familiar with for 10 plus years is why these departures are so alarming to people uh ultimately the like the sentiment behind people uh you know freaking out when they when they when they see like Mike Morheim leaving uh 
when they see Jeff Kaplan leaving, it's because they have positioned themselves as figureheads of the community and uh, the the community at large ascribes the development of these games not solely to these individuals but in great part to these individuals although the reality is they they're just directors they're they have final say on you know what goes into these games but they're not the people that are actually physically making these games with their hands they're they've got teams of people that these games are being built on and the talent for these games is coming from the teams not the directors like not not to say that the directors aren't talented individuals they very clearly are they they're there for a reason but to say that it's overly alarming that these people are leaving is to discredit the work of all of the other people that are working on these games. Oh, yeah, I agree. So I like, yes, it is alarming that they're leaving, but it's only alarming because it's notable because these people have been there for close to Ever. or over a decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, the blizzard in particular uh, i think has one of the the lowest turnover rates of any game developer See, at all i recognize that however i also recognize the why of that um it's not because they treat their employees well because they don't in general, they, they pay their employees least. They've cut back on bonuses and things that made up for that. Um, yep. I, I've talked to people who work at Blizzard who have basically said, the only reason I'm here is Blizzard is amazing on your resume when you're applying at other companies. But people leave all the time for companies like Riot who pay a realistic wage. Like, there are people at Blizzard who ha have two or three roommates just to keep a roof over their heads and get paid enough. Like, Irvine, California is not a cheap place to live. And Blizzard has never really recognized that. Uh, they said when that whole Reddit, or the, uh, yeah, the Reddit uh, Google Docs thing came out. Uh, they said they were going to do a review of their salaries, um, and most people said they got small, almost minuscule increases to their wages. That's yeah. terrible. Sorry, right. but I mean, like, I couldn't love those wages here in Winnipeg. Never mind Irvine, California. I mean, we're just. We're not not to discredit any of the other things that are that are happening there. I mean, obviously there are problems within the company in terms of salary structure and um, just the amount of work that people are able uh, that our people are being expected to do. One thing that I noticed mm -hmm. in this article was that people in development positions are being leaned on to help out in, with like events, whether it be esports or whatever. And you know, it's fine to. It, it's fine if if uh, what's train train of thought. Um, it's fine if uh, like 
it's it's an occasional thing or whatever and you know but it, it by the sounds of it it's it's not and people are getting overwhelmed by the amount of things they are being asked to do that may or may not fall within their original job description which is awful especially yeah. considering that they're not getting paid properly for it yeah and and that like it's not just blizzard either like there are there definitely are other game developers that you know pay a little bit more handsomely um than than some of their you know competitors um uh, like it, in terms of like the employment market and and all of that entails um but i i think there are there are much bigger questions that need to be answered within the larger game development industry um than than just blizzard and i think that there is there is an opportunity here for for blizzard activision to turn a turn a new leaf yeah uh yeah you're right the whole the entire game dev industry needs a huge awakening mm. because it has a lot of problems yeah, and, uh, and even crunch, like, even, yeah. yeah, and even like the champion of of gamers for a little bit, CD Projekt Red. I mean, they were they they were at one point held in high regard by people because of their policies surrounding crunch and all that other stuff. And even they gave into the crunch recently with uh, which game was it? Um, uh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Yeah. And, you know, look what happened there. They rushed it out, and uh, it took a little while for it to get to a a playable state and all, all that, but it, it came nowhere near delivering on the promises that were made. <laughs> maybe if you, maybe if they took the time and didn't crunch the employees as much, you know, that could have been avoided. But, you know, we're, we don't know that now. We, we have what we have there. Yeah, like, I'll be honest. Like, I often wonder how great games would be if companies worried like Blizzard did back in the day getting it right instead of getting it on time. Because I'm sorry you will never ever ever convince me that crunch doesn't hurt games. It gets something out the door. No doubt about it. But what gets out the door I feel is a far subpar <laughs> product compared to what it could be if it just had the time it needed for people who weren't pushing themselves to the brink of death to get it out. Yeah, and I mean, there's a whole other conversation to be had with that as well, because, I mean, you see what... I, I don't know, Medros, if you paid attention to it, but um, Cyberpunk was... When Cyberpunk was announced with the original release date, people were stoked, they booked time off, all that other good stuff, and then it got delayed, and then it got delayed again, and again. I think it got delayed three or four times, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. and people did not take that well. Like people's attitudes towards the, towards the development team for any game, like need to seriously look at what their priorities are and consider the kind of heinous stuff they're sending to these people over Twitter or whatever, because I mean, death threats because your video game got delayed. 
And then and then you're probably amongst the people who were complaining about the the state it was released in. Like you can't have it both ways. Every people's people's expectations have got to cur- have got to be curbed to like to come more in line with reality. You do that and and and, and video and and video game development companies start, you know, putting the time they that's required, the time or the number of people you know, whatever, com- whatever combination is necessary to get the job done. And part of it, like, it's a problem that was created by the, the need for these, these, you know, large companies within the games industry to, to make money on these products because they, they see the, the demand for these games and it, the demand has been exponentially growing over the last two, three decades. And uh, it's something that they fueled directly that exponential growth in demand by releasing games uh, into a a tighter and tighter schedule uh, to the point where it just became expected that if there's a game that this company is working on, then as soon as it becomes public knowledge, it's a race against the clock for these companies to get it out the door before some other company comes along and uh, completely steals the competition out from under them, uh, which that is not the reality of the situation. Like if a good game comes out, people are going to play it. Uh, so long as it, you know you're you're putting your best foot forward with it, um, but in in the mind of you know the market, like that doesn't matter. Like it matters getting games out as quickly as possible, um, and it's just it's been an escalating arms race between <laughs> between developers and uh, the consumers that that want to play these games. To, to get these games out faster and faster and it's got to stop somewhere or the whole thing's going to come crashing down. Exactly. Like the, 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 um, the expectation and the rate that they're pushing these games out. I mean, that's, that's one thing, the amount of money that's being thrown at video games nowadays too. Like they've got like, they're throwing so much money at this stuff. I mean, you're looking at video games with multi million dollar budgets and they got to make that money back. Yeah. So they're going to push out games more and more to do that. And they want to push them out faster and all that stuff. And like, you know, that's when you run into all like the DLC stuff, the microtransactions and all that thing. Meanwhile, you got games like the, the two games I played most outside of WoW over the past year, Stardew Valley and Hades. Stardew Valley was made by one guy, right? And it's not a high fidelity game or whatever. It does not have the best gra- like the best like graphics and all that other stuff. It's a fun game and it's got lots of replayability. And you know how much money does that guy make off that game, right? Hades also like not super high fidelity or whatever. And you know I'm talking to a lot of people over the past year. They've been having a lot of fun with that game too. Like you, you don't need to. The solution to making more money. For all these games, I mean, I realize like this is a little different for Blizzard because of the nature of their games for the most part. But 
the solution, the, the attempt to make more money, you don't need to like don't just throw money at the problem and hope to make it back. Like just focus on making quality games. That's that's what that's what you need to do. You if the quality is there, then people will come in droves to play it. Only time will tell at this point what the what the fate of all this will be. Because uh, I mean, the, this particular article is is uh, it's troubling for sure, uh, especially with you know amid the the news uh, coming from from Blizzard Activision within the last you know year year and a half. It's it's a whole mix of things that are that are just eye opening. To say the least. Also, we didn't mention this at all in the discussion of this article, but Overwatch 2, like not till 2022, maybe 2023. Why announce it in 2019? Needed something for the BlizzCon stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why they announced the Warcraft movie, what, eight years before it arrived? Well, I mean, they had a bunch of other problems with in making the Warcraft movie, directors, scripts, all that other stuff. There was a host of problems with that one. <laughs> yeah. That, that that's why you don't announce it till you know you're gonna do production on it yeah or you're a little bit closer it, it, it just, I, I don't get it like I, I don't get why this can, happens I mean in regards to overwatch too I mean I realize that you know covid will have had some impact on that but oh for sure and you know the departure of of a mind like Jeff Kaplan who really was was one of the driving forces behind Overwatch 1 even getting out the door uh like yeah that you're you're looking at at you know a, a huge setback in the development of of a title like Overwatch but again like like I'll say like while Jeff Kaplan was you know a major uh a major factor in the in the development of Overwatch as a franchise. Um, he's not the only one. Far from exactly. the only one working on it. So uh, I have I have my faith that Overwatch Two will will still be a, a quality Blizzard product. Mm -hmm. uh, and I honestly hope that they take all of the time that they need for it um, in, in order to make a, a quality game. Because I, I think the Overwatch community deserves that at least. Absolutely. Wow, that uh, that discussion went places. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in in the end, like we all want to see Blizzard succeed. Um, we just don't. I mean, I don't know if I see them on a path that leads to success. Um, time will tell, and you know, the article makes some good points. You know, what if uh, BlizzCon 2022 was where they announced Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4? What if they'd waited? What if they'd waited till they were closer to ready? Like, we literally didn't know about Overwatch until it was six months from release. It literally released... No, sorry, seven months from release. It released in July after it was announced. Why couldn't they have done that for Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4? Like... Mm -hmm. I understand they don't want to have BlizzCons that either don't happen or are a repeat of Geek Is, which, come on, 
We know no one like that. Even they make fun of it themselves. Um, just, I, I want them to do better. And I don't feel like they're doing their best work these days. And it makes me sad. Oh, yeah. Alright, well, uh, let's move on to our next topic, shall we? Let's. Um, uh, into cheery news. Uh, <laughs> it looks like Wowhead has datamined some interesting things for Mythic Plus coming in Season 2 of Shadowlands. Uh, it looks like the seasonal affix for Season 2 is going to be Anima Powers. We, we really don't know a whole lot other than there is a lot of uh, a lot of strings that were that were pulled that reference anima powers in the context of uh, of, of Shadowlands dungeons. Um, we we do have a couple that uh, that are that are named, and these affixes. Uh, or anima powers, I should say, look to be like we're maybe reflecting uh, affixes on on the keys that we're that we're running uh, back onto the enemies that that we're fighting against. Uh, like for example, we have uh, the athemy of necrotic wounding, uh, which makes it to where your harmful spells and abilities. Uh, consume the target with creeping decay, inflicting one physical damage every two seconds, and he reducing healing and, and absorption received by 2% for 8 seconds, stacking up to 10 times. Read that a little dramatically, but... Oh, drama's good. Basically, drama's basically, you know, just taking necrotic and, and putting it on, on your enemies, which I think is rad. Uh, and then the other one, the other example that we have uh, is volcanic plumage, which just makes it to where you now have volcanic that you put <laughs> on uh, on the enemies that you're fighting against, uh, which I, I think, depending on how this all works out, uh, it could go, you know, one of two ways. Either we are getting these powers as a reflection of the the affixes are on the keys that we're running uh so if it's you know necrotic volcanic which i don't think that can possibly happen um uh, but you get what i'm saying if it, if like we ran a key that had necrotic and volcanic uh that we would maybe for a short period of time or like maybe get these uh, that kind of unlock and we build them up throughout a, a dungeon run as we would similar to Torghast build up, you know, powers as we're going through the run, um, turn these powers on our enemies, which for something like volcanic, I, I would assume would get very confusing unless they do something with, with the color scheme of it, like make the, the player's version of it like blue instead of red and orange. God, I hope so. There, there, there are <laughs> so many confusing <laughs> ability colorings. Like, the Zymog, the Zymoz fight? Yeah. Like, the, that blue seed or whatever? Like, I know yeah. for Night Fae mages, they have that ability that covers them in a blue glowy thing, too. And whenever my ma our, whenever our mage pops into the melee group with that, 
I always think it's the seed that's going to blow us all up, and I frantically click on it just to realize that it's not it. Yeah. And then other times the reverse has happened, where I see the seed, and it's like, oh, well, I just assume it's the mage, and then the surprise, we died. Yeah. Like, they, <laughs> they, there are a couple of things that I don't think were thought 100% through in in the development. <laughs> Yeah, of of uh, of some of these things, because uh, yeah, it's just it gets it has the a very high potential for getting very weird very quickly, and uh, I I hope that either they do something with the color coding of these abilities to make it to where like you know, okay, this volcanic is coming from a player, I don't have to avoid it. Um, or the alternative to this is that the powers that are available are maybe all of the powers that aren't on affixes in the key that we're running. I think that could definitely help a lot more because uh, a it would lend itself to, you know, kind of this idea of like we start the run, we get an anima power and uh, that that anima power uh, kind of stays with us through through the run. It's it's like a really like truncated version of it, um, to where it's it's not like super powerful, but it's it's noticeable. Um, and then as we like either kill bosses or kill trash to get percentage at certain percentage points, uh, like some something comes down with an with an anima power for us to to select or have have it be to where like a, a moss worn swoops in um and uh, uh we have to defeat it in in a similar way to the to the prideful enemy that that we have to face in in season one like that that idea uh, of having like stackable powers that you build up throughout the run i think is is an interesting concept that uh that could could very easily be a crowd favorite but honestly, the thing I'm looking forward to most is getting my own tyrannical and fortified. <laughs> yes. yes, give me those. Yeah, like you get the fortified one and it boosts the whole party. And then if you get the tyrannical, it's just you just like Hulk out. Yes. I, I just want anima powers to last outside of Torghast. I'd probably Torghast more if I got anima powers that actually lasted outside of the dungeon. Like for a short time though, right? Like not you know, the entire forever. time. Like um, I, I, I want like, I mean, you can change. I, I want animal powers to be like talents. You, you, you. Once you earn them, they're there. You can change them, but they're there. They're, they're not going away. Medros, what if I told you that you can take some anima powers out into the real world, like into my life? No, into into or, or, into the wow, into outside of Torghast, into the wow world. Uh, I would say, what's the catch? Um, you have to do Torghast, and you have to craft some legendaries. Because some of the legendaries have anima powers. This is true. Pass. Okay, I'm just, I'm, okay, I gave you the option. You can't say it's not available to you. Yes, that's like saying, hey, th this guy over here has got a cloak for you. You just have to accept it. <sighs> right, Rathion. I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Cadgar's got some shiny rings over in that cave. I don't mind Cadgar. He's a good guy. 
Oh, yeah. His thing is specifically with Rathion. It's a whole thing. Rathion's a black dragon. Black dragons are evil. Rathion is just leading us down the path he wants us on to eventually betray us and kill us all. Except he definitely just, he definitely saved us during the whole thing there. My my response to the all black dragons are evil statement, all black dragons are evil so far. True. Uh, and, and Tosi, weren't you the one who was complaining that he was kill stealing? He didn't kill steal. I was worried didn't, that he would he, kill steal. Didn't he kill steal the carcass in Zoth's thing? No. Okay. He just split his head open so we could we could do it. He he severely weakened him for us. Thrall, on the other hand, he's a kill stealer. I'll agree with you on that one. Totally kill steal garage for me. I will never forgive him because I want to kill that sob dead. And Deathwing, he's a double kill stealer. And he never killed. He never stole that kill from me, so I'm fine. He's a That's habitual a kill stealer. <laughs> You know, you know, I know, I know exactly what's going to happen. He's going to kill Steel Sylvanas from us. Oh my god, he's on that fight. He's in that fight with us. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry to everybody who was looking forward to killing Sylvanas. Sorry. Thrall's getting there first. He, he, has, he has to get vengeance. He has to get. He has to get vengeance. That's all it is. He has to get vengeance. He has to make her pay for what she did in front of Orkamar. Oh, I completely forgot about all that. Oh my God, she is gonna. Oh, he's gonna. Oh, I'm sad now. Sorry, Blizzard. I, I, I think I just spoiled your entire Sylvanas encounter for everybody. I do apologize now. <laughs> Feel free to take the cloak I never never accepted from Rathion and, and destroy it for me. Well, now that you've thoroughly upset me, Medros, why don't you talk <laughs> to us about some other changes coming to Mythic Plus? Sure. Uh, please understand that I'm going to read what is written here and have very little understanding of what it actually means. Thanks. So apparently there's a key ex- keystone exchange coming in 9.1. Uh, and it basically gives you the opportunity to re-roll your Mythic Keystone. It's a one-time exchange available for you after finishing a Mythic Plus that is at or above the level of your current Keystone. Uh, currently unclear as to, uh, at this time if one time means once a week or once per dungeon completion. Additionally, there will be a vendor in Orbos that will offer a Keystone to players who don't have one and have completed at least one Shadowlands Mythic Plus. So everybody who wants to get rid of their Sanguine Depths Keystone, you'll have the opportunity to do so at the end of um, at, le- at least your first Mythic Plus dungeon. I assume the one time means just like you can't keep re-rolling over and over trying to get a better keystone. Uh, you can do it one, one time per key. You would assume so. I would wait for clarification <laughs> from yes. I, on that one. <laughs> this is just my opinion knowing very little about Mythics uh, and literally no idea of what they could be thinking here, but uh, that would be my assumption based on one time, because uh, as a Pokemon Go player, I happen to know that if you are given unlimited opportunities to re-roll the, the, the moves on a Pokemon, there are people who will do it, even if it costs them money to re-roll over and over and over again 150 times to try and get the right moves. Same. Oh, it must be nice to have that kind of money to throw away. Jesus. Well, I mean, if you do enough raids, you get a lot of TMs, so. Ugh, gross. 
true. <laughs> games are very different in Pokemon Go Toasty than from what you know. Don't worry. <sighs> yeah. But the I mean the this change in particular I think is for uh, in particular for dedicated teams that are trying to uh, you know to to get all of the dungeons that they need completed, which um, there there are some other changes to to that to to uh, Keystone Master that are coming in season two that we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, but yeah, one of the the biggest complaints for uh, for a lot of players going for Keystone Master in this first season of Shadowlands um, was that sometimes even with five people all getting keys sometimes it was it was difficult for set teams to end up with with certain dungeons uh, that they needed to complete in order to to obtain Keystone Master uh, so I think this is more a change uh, that is meant to help those teams along. Uh, the teams that are, you know, waiting, you know, two whole months to get a specific key uh, to run to to be able to achieve Keystone Master. So I, I think that that uh, it's a good change overall, uh, and is something that the community has been wanting for a, a very long time. Oh, absolutely. Also, just from what I understand, Sanguine Depth isn't a desirable dungeon. I know a lot of people who would be willing to just not have to deal with it. So, <laughs> trash your Sanguine Depth key. Get something else. But that does bring us to uh, the point that Jared made earlier about the changes to Keystone Master in Season 2. So, the way Keystone Master works right now is there are three different levels of it. There's Explorer, Conqueror, and Master. And previously, you would get those achievements for timing all the dungeons, all Mythic Pluses at 5, 10, and 15, respectively. So there's going to be a change to that whole Keystone achievement set for Season 2. It's going to change so that the prerequisites are the Mythic Plus score that was um, that's being rolled out in 9.1. So... Keystone Explorer will require a Mythic Plus score of 750 or higher. Uh, Conqueror will require 1500, and Master will require 2000. Now, there's a bit of upset going on around, around this change, and this is based on the numbers as they are currently in PTR, so keep in mind that could possibly change. But as it as as it's currently laid out in the PTR, um, if you're going to get Keystone Master, you'll you'll be required to time every dungeon at a plus fifteen, and also have done it with both the tyrannical and fortified affixes. Now this is a change, obviously, to what to what is the current requirements for Keystone Master, because Keystone Master. Right now, you just do all of them once at plus 15. As long as you time it, you're good. This way, you're going to have to do it twice because Tyrannical and Fortified cannot be on the same key. So week to week, you'll have one of Tyrannical or Fortified. And that's that. So because because your score will have to... Will have, because your score for the dungeon will, will have to reflect you doing 
those dungeons on both tyrannical and fortified because your score will go up your score will change depending on what you've on what the keys on what levels you've done what affixes have been done on it etc etc you're gonna have to do all eight dungeons twice on an average of 15. now that's obviously a lot more work than people have been accustomed to when it comes to the keystone master stuff you know you just do it the one time you're good um but there are some there are some benefits i guess well i wouldn't even call it benefits when i think about it like you don't have to time it all on plus 15 anymore that's not a requirement that's just the easy the the the, the the easiest way to explain getting this achievement is you got you have to do plus fifteen and you have to have done it in tyrannical and fortified. You can make up the score on a on a you can make up the score uh, uh, for a dungeon. Say you're only say sanguine depths. You've only been able to time a plus fourteen on tyrannical and fortified. You can if you can do another dungeon at a higher key, your score will be higher on those for that dungeon and. You'll make up the score there but yeah like if, if you want to just avoid one of the one of the uh one of the tyrannical or fortified affixes you're gonna have to go well above and beyond what people are currently doing to do that so if you want to avoid tyrannical or fortified you have to time every dungeon on plus 24 and i don't think a lot of people are doing that no, they're not. Um, but I, I would like to to clarify something. Okay. So the numbers as they're being shown in the Wowhead article are what the base score for just barely clearing a right. plus 15 yes. is. There are a whole slew of other considerations that go into scoring uh, in the Mythic Plus system. Um, time is is a is a pretty big factor uh so finishing with you know minutes minutes plus seconds uh over uh the the required time uh like if you if you had like five minutes left on on your key if you you know three chested it then you're gonna get a lot more points on your score than than you would just barely finishing it um so there's gonna be a lot less work than people think that there's going to be required to do these. Uh, the other, the other caveat to this is that basically the, the cap out for, for Keystone master was just doing it on a 15. Um, and, uh, so the, the change to the scoring is not necessarily incentivizing you to go above and beyond a 15. Um, but rewards players that do. Um, and uh, so I, I feel like there's there's a lot uh, a lot of just like misunderstanding around how the scoring system is gonna work in in mythic plus um, given given the wording of of this particular article from Wowhead. Um, yeah, the article title isn't the best. No, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> It's pretty um, much the definition of clickbait. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because uh, there's there's a lot more nuance to it. Um, but that being said, uh, nuance isn't really taken well by the general public 
um, in in any situation. Um, not not just saying that you know gamers don't know how to take nuance. Uh, no one does. No one has any clue <laughs> about about nuance in in systems, especially complicated systems like the Mythic Plus scoring system that we're getting in in season two. Like, there's just a lot to it, a whole lot to it that uh, that once once people start playing around with it and they see, oh, this is actually like we're getting way more points per dungeon than than we would be getting, then there will be a lot less animosity around it but until then people are are going to be grabbing pitchforks because the the perception at the moment is hey everyone you're gonna have to run every dungeon on a 15 twice Mm -hmm. and that's really not going over well with a lot of the player base right yeah and Honestly, I like if if that's what they got out of that, I can't blame them for being upset about that. But you know, like you said, there's nuance, and you know, there's opportunities to, and like I said, there's opportunities to make up the differences. Whether if if you can't manage a plus fifteen somewhere else, and you're only doing a lower one, you can you can make up the score as long as you get your score to two thousand. You're getting Keystone Master. Not to mention that the the change to the system overall, uh, kind of in a way. Uh, kind of soft disincentivizes people from uh, from leaving keystones because no matter what, if someone in your keystone run is going to get uh, uh, an increase in their score from completing that dungeon, everyone gets a bonus for it. Oh, okay. So there's going to be you know even less. Uh, even less reason for people to to leave dungeons. I mean, people are still going to do it. Yeah. Uh, like you can't you can't really change that. Uh, but there there are going to be uh, probably considerably less keystones that are that are abandoned uh, in in this new system. Oh man, I had a point, but I lost. I, I oh yeah, I got it now. Yeah. So I think I think another thing that has people worried about this is again, again, the perception that there's a lot more work involved in, in getting Keystone master. And I wonder, uh, I kind of wonder if maybe that was kind of intentional. It's like, it looks like, it looks like a lot of hard work. It looks like there's more work involved with that because you know, you look at, um, you look at the different types of end gameplay, you look at PVP, you and rating, you know, the, the the reward kind of for being the best of the best of those things, you know, clearing Mythic Plus or clearing Mythic Raid or breaking high on PVPs, you know, you get a reward of some kind, whether it's a mount or a mount every other tier in the case of Mythic Raiders. Um, yeah. Like maybe this was a kind of an effort to give Mythic, give the people who are doing the Mythic Plus, doing Mythic Plus at this high level a similar kind of reward and make it a bit and, and you know make it a bit more obvious that there's like a lot of work involved in that yeah although you know the, 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 like switching to this switching to this kind of thing mid expansion kind of threw me for a loop honestly like the, 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 the idea of introducing the mythic plus scoring you know like it's cool especially because everybody's depend everybody who does that gameplay seriously is usually leaning on Raider IO to like sort out who they're going to bring along with the group. 
I get the inclusion of the whole system, but yeah, it was weird to introduce it mid expansion. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird anytime they introduce anything like this, uh, like a big systems change to the you know the core content that we're doing in the expansion itself. Like anytime they make a change like that, it's it's just weird. But mm. I think I think if they had tried to push this along with the launch of Shadowlands, um. It would have been delayed even further, so I'm I'm glad that they that they at least waited uh, to get it, you know, polished and and working properly. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, speaking of changes to existing systems, it's not really a huge change, but it's 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 a it's a change that people have been wanting out of the vault, right? Yes. Uh, it looks like uh, there's going to be a change to the Great Vault currency rewards uh that we get so everyone knows you go uh at this point in the expansion you go to the great vault and you get some stygia because <laughs> everyone's gotten their upgrades from mythic plus that they need everyone's gotten their their you know all like like at least at least all you know their normal loot out of the raid um and a lot of people have gotten all of the the heroic loot that they need out of the raid so there's really not anything to get out of the great vault except for that sweet, sweet Stygia. And uh, the change that's coming in 9.1 is that we are going to have uh, a new reward instead of the Stygia. Uh, we'll receive three attendance tokens of merit, which can be exchanged for any combination of either 250 Soul Ash per token, 500 Stygia per token, or 175 Reservoir Anima per token. Um, this is, uh, a huge change, huge, huge quality of life improvement <laughs> for a, a lot of players, uh, cause getting three 175 reservoir anima tokens out of, out of the great vault every week, uh, at, well, at least as an option, like once you've, you know, exhausted all of your loot upgrades for that season, uh, having, having access to you know keep getting you know 175 anima times three i'm not gonna do that math in my head right now 525 i think there you go 525 anima um just you know straight out of the vault every week um or you know Solash since they're adding uh adding new stuff to uh to one of the vendors for Solash uh to get you know collectibles uh, coming in 9.1 so you know if you just happened to you know dump all of your your uh uh your stygia uh or need to to catch up with getting legendaries crafted uh to get up get them up to that rank four level uh so you can start getting the 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 new the the two new ranks that are coming to legendaries in in 9.1 um th that's a great way to catch up yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, especially when with the new patch, with new new content coming. Like, at the when I got to the point where I was only taking the Stygia, it was also at the point where I couldn't really get anything useful with Stygia. I'd gotten all the things I needed already, so having something to spend it on and another way of getting it in the next patch, a okay by me. Kind of wish that Anima was a bit more hundred and like five hundred and twenty five. Isn't a lot in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I mean, but it, it I mean, you halfway through that quest. Yeah, 
it 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 does um and like one of the the <laughs> one of the biggest complaints that people had with the you know the launch of the shadowlands people did the calculations like week one uh, that it would take something like 35 years with the amount of uh or no it would take 35 years just getting the 1000 a week required to do the quest <laughs> if you're just getting the thousand uh the 1000 that you get for or to complete the quest uh it would take like 35 years to unlock literally everything that your uh your covenant has to offer um in terms of all the collectibles and and getting all the upgrades and everything uh so probably being a bit hyperbolic on the 35 years but you know a long time regardless it's, it's showbiz baby yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> But uh, but yeah, like the that was you know the whole reason that they increased the the open world anima rewards for getting your uh, your sanctum upgrades completed. Like once you get rank three of of all of your uh, sanctum upgrades done, you get even more anima um, from doing world content, uh, which is you know I would say just in time because there's a whole lot of world com- content coming in nine point one. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be you know anima for days. We're gonna have so much anima we won't know what to do with it. Oh, I can actually complete my covenant upgrades. I'm kind of just hoarding anima at this point. I don't know. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what I end up using. Okay, Medros. There's some there's there's some new content coming in nine point one. Tell us how we can avoid it. Well, you know, we as players kind of like it when we can skip mundane, boring crap, right? Well, sometimes. It's enjoyable when sometimes. you can skip some stuff that is not not engaging, not fun contact. Particularly if I've already done it. Yeah, and if you've done it like eight times, the ninth and the tenth are no more fun than the second or third. In fact, they're a lot, often a lot of less fun than, you know, you might want. So, players have been wanting, in Shadowlands, to skip certain content. They still want to skip that content. Sadly, they will still continue to want to skip that content after the next patch. However, they can skip some content coming up in the next patch. So, the skip will allow you to skip the first three chapters of the 9.1 campaign, which will unlock Carthia for you. Now, this is um, surprising because people want an option to skip the Ma opening for alts since day two of this expansion. It's now been a lot longer than day two. We still don't have a skip. We may never get a skip. Um, the skip is available from Bolvar for Dragon, and will be available when the, ch- or the character is available for 9.1 content. Um, as you point out here, uh, we now have a skip for Torghest, interesting corridor quests for 9.0, and the 9.1 intro, but not skip for Shadowlands intro of the Maw. Rip. Please, Blizzard, stop hating your players. I mean, Could I, that be a thing? I mean, I'm sure somewhere down the line, I wouldn't mind revisiting it and, you know, being waxing nostalgic about all of that stuff. But, you know, right now, I just want to get my alts through to the Shadowlands content. The only hope I have 
of that content at any point in time becoming bearable is if we can actually write our mouse through it in 9.1. Like, if that ability to ride your mounts in Ma the Maw extends to characters who are going through the intro, that might make that part a little faster and a less wanting to pull your teeth out. Here's what you do. You just switch to warrior, charge to enemies to get places faster than heroic leap. Heroic leap's only a 30 second cooldown if you're furious. Uh -huh. anyway. uh -huh. There's plenty of ways to move around fast. Uh -huh. Or just be a demon hunter. Or a monk. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Mages do. Paladins do. Sorry, what class? I've never heard of that. Uh-huh. Actually, uh, so <laughs> me and a, a uh, or I say me, uh, some guildies of mine uh, determined that the paladin is actually the slowest class in the game, like by a long shot. Because they only have um, the one movement thing, right? Yep. They only got horsey. That's it. But we can have two charges of it. Still, even with that, still the slowest. And sorry, who, who are you? And what do you on my podcast again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait. So mages, mages have blink. Shaman have ghost wolf. Druids exist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> druids do Druid. in fact exist. We can confirm this. Uh, warlocks have burning rush. Burning, burning rush, and I guess they're portals. There's yeah. a bit of setup involved with that, but whatever. Demon hunters also exist. Yeah, Death Knights. Uh, a Wraith Walk. Yeah, Wraith Walk plus Death's Advance. Look at that. I don't know that one. Holy! There's. I almost. I almost cursed. <laughs> I stopped myself. Yes. Wow! Yeah. You. You said two. <laughs> two letters of that curse. Thank you. Yeah, that's fine. I don't need to send you two letters. Then yeah. Wow! Paladins yeah, don't priests, have a lot of movement. Priests have the. Uh, the feathers. feathers. Feathers, and if they have an ally in front of them, life grip. Yep. You may not get there faster, but you can win the race. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so no uh, no ability to skip the Maw, uh, but we're getting some other skips. So, yay, I guess. I mean, it's a nice quality of life thing for the alts for 9.1, so like, I'm, I'm not mad at the, I'm not mad at the skip being introduced. I'm more mad. I'm more upset about the no no ma skip. See, my concern with that is you're probably going to lose out on renown you'd have gotten from the three chapters you're skipping. It auto completes well, the quest, so I would imagine that I would imagine so that the renown comes with it. You'll get the renown, but what you won't get with these skip quests, um, unless unless they change it on the PTR. Um, but as of right now on the PTR, if you do this skip, you don't get the anima, mm. which is the contentious point to all this, because uh, it's it comes out to about five thousand anima that you're missing out on in total. It's not a small amount. <laughs> no, that's not small at all. Well, we'll uh, we'll see how that ends up panning out in the end. Maybe maybe they'll add a skip near the end. You know, September and October when they finally finish. You know, this, the 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 polishing and they're ready to to, to have the patch launch in November. Okay, no, I asked you to stop that. <laughs> 
This, this expansion cannot have a birthday before we get a new content patch. It can. It absolutely can. And if you say it can't, you will be proven wrong one day, sir. Don't tap the fates, Toasty. Well, we might find out more about the next... about when we can... we might expect a new patch this summer. Because... Indeed. Because Blizzard has been confirmed as a an attendee for Summer Game Fest 2021. Um, yeah, just an industry event where... Uh, where people get to show off all their new stuff. Blizzard is kind of expected to be showing off Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2, um, but there's also going to be some WoW content in there. But we don't have dates for exactly when they will be doing their thing throughout this event, but the, the festival itself starts on June 10th. Which is... Is this an online-only thing, or...? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But okay. you know, you know, it's an it's we it's another classic announcement and of announcements. You know, June tenth, um, somewhere around June tenth, we'll get some stuff about from Blizzard, maybe. But as has been pointed out by some people, and as has been detailed in this Valhead article, um, at some point during all the data mining and whatnot, there have been two mounts with encrypted models included in the, amongst all the data. We have no idea what they look like. We just know that it's, that the source for these mounts is promotion. Which something people, you know, this is an event that Blizzard's going to be participating in. Maybe we get them around there. So the two mounts are the Sapphire Skyblazer. Um, they're described as a brilliant blue bird that burned brighter than their orange cousins, so I think this might be, like, similar to the Ashes of Alarm mount, but me no blue. And then mm. we got the Fireplume Phoenix, which, um, description on that is, tore a blazing sky through a wintry night at the hawk with fiery wings, so maybe, like, another one of those, like, Mr. Pandaria signed of phoenixes, but with actual fire? Maybe. We don't know. But we're going to find out. Possibly, maybe. I'm more concerned that if this if these promotional mounts aren't tied to this event, then how do I get them? And more importantly, will I be able to get them without people slash spinning on me? Because that has been a thing recently. Not personally, yes, but have you guys seen... Jared, you seen that stuff? Medros, have you been seeing that stuff? No. Oh, there's oh. a... In Classic WoW, there is a... Uh, which I'm absolutely not going to tell anyone how to get it, but there is there is a way that people have figured out to automatically target players, um, just passing by them and uh, automatically do a slash spit while targeting players that are on the mounts that came with the digital deluxe edition of Burning Crusade Classic. So that's garbage. Yeah, you're yeah. free. You're free you're to wrong. dislike the decision to include that stuff, but like, don't be rude to people who bought the cool thing that they wanted to have. Is this the mount for the cl the classic uh, deluxe edition? Yep. Yes. <sighs> Grow the f up, people. Yep. Uh, anyways, let's move along to anything else. 
that isn't going to be sad. Um, oh, well, the yeah, next this won't thing... be sad. <laughs> this won't be sad. Yeah, it'll make some people sad. Sorry, Stone. Yes, sorry, Stone. Uh, you're not here listening live anymore, so you know it's fine. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Next up is our second sponsor, which is the great folks over at Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATAReach2021. That's bit.ly slash ATAReach2021. Now nearly 500 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. So, um, I feel like, Toast, you need to do some background on this one here. Why we chose this pick, especially for today, right? Makes sense, right? Yo! Yo! So, um, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the, uh, the uh, Montreal Canadiens, uh, were losing the series about a week or so ago, three to one in a best of seven series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, the Leafs then proceeded to lose not one, not two, not three, but four straight games. To lose three series. Straight. Montreal won their first game. With, it, yeah, sorry, won four, game one. Three straight. Sorry, yes. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, so losing three straight games to lose the series four to three to the Montreal Canadiens. And it is with that that I present the following book written by Toronto Leafs fan Steve Dangle Glenn. Uh, and um, to any Leafs fans listening to this, uh, yeah, I I want to apologize. Sorry, buds. But I don't know that I can. So enjoy this. When I started at the Fan 590 in 1995, the only way to get in was to catch a break. Somebody had to hire you, and generally, you had to go to small-town Canada to learn how to work in broadcasting. Maybe you came back, but you probably didn't. This industry gives you a reason and opportunity to quit just about every day. But today, you don't need to wait for someone to wave a magic wand over your head and hire you. You can just do it yourself. That's what Steve did. Sure, he had some internships and caught some breaks along the way, but Steve got in because he used everything around him, every bit of technology and every marketing platform. He was on it, and he stayed on it consistently cranking out videos and keeping his name in the mix. Steve was consistent. He started and never stopped. Want to be a broadcaster? Start a podcast. Start making videos. Write a blog. This has been my message to people looking for a way in. Build a body of work and they will find you. They found Steve. Steve tapped on the hockey world's shoulder for years, and when it turned around, he knew what to say. Jeff Merrick, 2018. Thanks, Jeff. So that is this team is ruining my life, but I love them. By written and narrated by Steve Dangle Glenn, uh, who I've actually been watching the last few games once the the Jets uh, swept the Oilers in four games uh, to none. Um, I'm watching his his viewing of the the Leafs games, and I I'm I'm envious of the passion he has for his team. And I'm also very sad for him. I actually paused his watching of this game tonight because uh, we were going to do the show. And I actually want to watch as as his team fully collapses on itself in the last period. Um, so 
uh, yeah, uh, that is our book pick this week. Uh, sorry to Steve and all of Leafs Nation uh, for the uh, complete letter choke that was uh, achieved. Uh, but at least there were 500 or so healthcare workers there to help you uh, recover from that choking incident. So, there you oh, go. Oh, wow. <laughs> the disrespect. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm sorry. That was pretty epic choke. <laughs> the only worst is if they were up 3-0 and then choked. That's the only way they could choke worse. I'm sorry. And I know this because my Jets, they got made, they've made it an art out of choking in, in past years. So I know this well, uh, including to a one St. Louis, St. Louis Blues team. Well, I mean, to be fair, that St. Louis Blues team became the Stanley Cup champions. So This is true. This is very true. Uh, but let's let's talk about our question of the week. Uh, our question of the week from last week was, or last, sorry, two weeks ago, before we took a, a extended break. Uh, how important is catch-up gear in Corthia to your gameplay through the rest of Shadowlands? Oh, we had uh, we had an answer from Brian on Twitter, uh, who said started two alts since my main has stalled out, waiting on nine point one. So pretty important. I found my alts. To be more fun to play. And as for myself, uh, I <laughs> Gorthia catch-up gear is gonna be uh, pretty vital to <laughs> to me personally uh, because I've been maining my Death Knight for the entirety of 9.0 up to this point. Um, and uh, there are some pretty sweet changes coming to Destruction Warlock in 9.1 and so i am gonna need every last bit of ketchup that i can get for my warlock to bring it to raids so corthia gear is looking pretty good oh so you can upgrade it to like 233 or some ridiculous like that oh that's gonna be great <laughs> um razorbug says, now I think about it, probably quite a lot. All the Covenant and Moss stuff while being fun and engaging on my main means I've not touched alts at all. Catch-up me eh, catch mechanics or gear would be welcome. Uh, CZ123 says, it'd be pretty sweet to gear up alts personally. I haven't seen the final setup for what it takes to obtain the gear, but my blood DK is happier now. Stone replied, it won't impact my main. I'll probably be playing Shadowlands at the same pace I've already been doing here and there. For my mount hunting alts, it might encourage me to find time to play those a bit more. However, finding the time is going to be the real challenge. And Mud says, yeah, I don't know that it'll benefit me for anything but my alts. Which I think is kind of the point of the catch-up gear, is more benefiting your alts than your mains. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're like just joining Shadowlands now. Then it might help you, too. Uh, next week's question, what do you think of the changes coming to Keystone Master? I think they are stellar. Oh. Uh, I, I feel like we've pretty succinctly given our answers to this question. Unless, Jared, you had anything else you wanted to add? No, no, I, I think uh, I think our discussion on it was uh, pretty pretty on point for, for where I stand on things. Awesome. All right. Well, time for shoutouts. Um, and I'm going to go first. Uh, I have uh, I have four shoutouts. So I'm going to be a big shoutout tonight. 
Uh, first shout out is to Ali. Hope you're relaxing and, and having a good night. And hope you can come back stronger and better than ever next week. Uh, second shout out to Jared for filling in. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, my next shout out is going to be to one of our community members, uh, who helped me because, uh, there was an event in Pokemon Go for people who were in, uh, the U.S. and I am not in the U.S. Uh, so one of our listeners, uh, was very kind and gave me the key I needed for that. Um, so thank you very much to Crazy Baldarin, uh, for that. I very much appreciate that. Um, and lastly, um... Congrats to the Montreal Canadiens, uh, and, and shout out to them for, uh, uh, for an epic comeback. And, uh, we'll, we'll see you Wednesday. Uh, Jared, how, how can people find you online? Well, you can find me on Twitter at JaredRPG. Uh, you can also find me on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash JaredRPG. And you can also find me on the podcast for Azeroth alongside, uh, my wonderful co-host, True villain Manny, uh, and you can you can find more information for that over on WarcraftRadio.com/slash/shows/slash/Farazroth. I think I got that URL right. All right. Um. Any any show, any other shows for you? Uh. You know. You have not, listened not, to the show, right? <laughs> I have, I have. Like, it's, it's it's bad enough when my co-hosts who are here every week <laughs> fail to come up with a shout out until literally I call on them and I, I envision Toasty's look on his face with a deer in the headlights look of, oh, wait, what, I need a shout out? <laughs> well, I had one to, I had one in my head and then you said, tell people where, where you can find them and then the shout out that I had just completely evacuated my brain. So <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Um, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, shout out to, oh, I know, shout out to, uh, my friends over in the Lion's Pride Tavern podcast. Uh, they had me on this week, uh, to talk about our plans going, uh, going into Burning Crusade Classic for raiding, uh, since I'm heading up, uh, the raid team. Uh, and trying to put the raid team for for the guild uh, over there on Pago US. Uh, so uh, shout out shout out to them. They are a great bunch of folks um, that have a wonderful time podcasting and uh, should give them a listen. Awesome. Um, Medros, you stole most of my shout outs. In fact, you stole all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Jared, thanks thanks for coming on tonight. Like it was a, it was, it was a lot of fun. And also, everybody check out his streams. It's one of the streams that I um, that I will cycle to dr- throughout the day. So give give, give him a watch. It's it's a fun time. Um, shout out again to Ali. Uh, I know it's your wedding anniversary weekend, so hope you guys had a good wedding anniversary weekend, despite being sick and all that. I hope you get better. And also, shout out to the to the Montreal Canadiens. Congratulations you, for the first time since 1979. You have defeated the Ma- the Toronto Maple Leafs in a playoff series. Noteworthy. The last time the Montreal Canadiens beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs in 1979, the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup. Not this time. They're going to lose to the Jets. Yeah. Who are going to beat the Colorado Avalanche and probably lose to whoever's in the final. 
Mm, no. <laughs> Not all people are getting past the avalanche. Also, I guess I should have just said it this way because that's my thing. For the first time in Vegas Golden Knights history, the Toronto Maple Leafs have lost a playoff series to the Montreal Canadiens. It's historic. There's a lot so of I, there were a lot of historic things about this series. I have to ask a question, Toasty. I have to ask a question. Okay. Next year, is it changing to to the, to the Seattle Kraken? Nope. Why not? There's a different one for the Seattle Kraken. I can't remember what it is exactly. Okay. I think it's unprecedented for Seattle Kraken. Okay. Also, the other historic thing, and this will be my last thing before we close the show. So th- this this is the only time in NHL history that a team it, facing elimination gave up a multi-goal lead in the third period and came back to win it twice in a row. That was games five and six. All right. One could say that's historic. One has said that, yes. All right, let's get out of here. If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, our number is 1785-ATA-WOW5 or 1785-282-9695. You can send emails to show at allthingsazeroth.com. And if you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingsaz. Join our new Battle.net group at bit.ly slash bnetata. You can also check out Ali's show at dungeonfables.com and my stream over at twitch.tv slash toastypostycan. You can also find us on Twitter. The show is at allthingsaz. For Medros, it's at Medros. Fandeth is at Fandeth. Ali is at AliAndrusK. And I'm at toastypostycan. And you can find the network over at Dawnforge. And please check out the other show on the Dawnforge network, GroupQuest. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care, happy hunting, and we'll see you on the other side of a Jets-Canadians series. And pretty gruesome classic. Copyright 2021 Dawn Forge Productions. Head to the dawnforge.com for more information.